0: So, Arik, two years ago now, you and I recorded an episode of the newsstand where we talked about the launch of a little company called Filmstruck. And yeah, here, here we are two years later. And uh, we're here to talk about the. <laughs> we're still talking uh, about them. <laughs> the, the unfortunate demise of Filmstruck. Uh, yeah. Uh, mm. Joining us, though, is David Blakesley. Hi, David. Hey, Ryan. Good to be talking with you again. This is almost like t- uh, my two-year anniversary of just stopping podcasting altogether. <laughs> We're glad <laughs> to have you back. Yeah. Um, not that you haven't been busy. You know, you've been doing plenty of stuff behind the scenes. Just haven't heard your voice quite as often. Yeah. Um, but it is good to be back. And it's uh, it was fun preparing for this episode. and getting all of my my notes and links in order and Hmm. thinking about podcasting and it's been it's been a nice long break uh not podcasting after doing it for so many years um but it's fun to to get back into it a little bit here
1: uh well we all hope for for more we're not going to push you for more but we're all hopeful (laughs) for more
2: (laughs) And certainly under happier circumstances. (laughs) I know.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, as everyone who's listening to this probably is aware, the folks at Warner Media, who are now owned by uh, AT&T, have have decided (laughs) in their infinite wisdom to uh, shut down Filmstruck, which has been going strong now for two years. And they've grown. They've grown internationally and uh just continue to improve their their app and website and their library has grown and their curation has just be- been just you know the best that there is and uh 2 years ago now actually just about the time that the launch of filmstruck happened um AT&T had announced their intentions to buy time warner and it wasn't until this past year that uh, that was approved and the sale went through and um Time Warner became Warner media and they've uh, over the past several months and really dramatically over the past few weeks, even have begun to really cut uh, a lot of what made up the Time Warner family down into, you know, into what it is at the moment and who knows where they'll go from here. Like they've already drama fever was announced that it's going to be shut down on the 16th. They also just uh, last week announced that they were ending this kind of digital content company super deluxe that Warner uh, time Warner had bought, I think maybe like a, a couple of years ago, or it's been around for a few years now, but um, so drama fever, super deluxe have both been killed uh, over the past couple weeks. Just yesterday, or well we're recording this on Saturday, but Friday was the day that the film struck news was announced. But the day before that, they also did a, a kind of a massive restructuring of their, Um, publicity teams, I think, too, where there were lots of layoffs in home video and, um, you know, various uh, promotions teams, Um, kind of a restructuring to kind of merge with their own existing, like AT&T's existing um, folks who were going to be, you know, I guess now working with uh, the Warner Brothers teams. Um, Luckily, a lot of the people that I know at Warner Brothers, people who work at like the the Warner archive, um, and at Turner who were on the team for filmstruck, uh, they're staying on. Um, although we don't know exactly like how many people were, were let go in the process of, of killing filmstruck. And they also, I think it has been noted in the, one of like the LA times article that, uh, eight or, you know, Warner media is not announcing how many, um, people were were let go in this process, or even just how many subscribers FilmStruck had at the time of its at, at the time of their decision. I mean, they made this statement saying that you know it has a uh, a loyal but uh, kind of small or or niche niche n- yeah. <laughs> niche service. Uh, a lot of people have taken that uh, that quote of theirs and kind of you know made fun of how ridiculous it sounds and just like they. You know, this is something that AT and T seems to do every year, and there's there's a good Twitter thread uh, where someone had gone through and pointed out like this is something that AT and T does almost every year in order to make their the next quarter's results look much better, um, is by cutting you know departments or services or letting or you know doing firing you know like uh, layoffs um, or restructuring, Mm. and so it's something that they're known for, and also you know Warner Warner does this also they've even before the the announcement that they were going to be you know that that t was acquiring them or that it, actually the deal went through you know warner just the past uh, i think it was earlier this year was when the warner archive uh, instant service was was ended and then it was kind of merged into filmstruck um so that was a thing where like you know where it seemed like a pretty very niche, probably much more niche than um, than Filmstruck's, you know, as far as audience size goes, um, they they went went and uh, ended that. I mean, luckily, the Warner Archive DVD and Blu-ray releases continue to go on, and hopefully they won't be targeted by AT and T anytime soon. But it's hard not to think about, you know, what else could could AT and T decide is you know too niche for their audiences like a couple weeks ago they announced that they were going to be doing a new more generic over-the-top video streaming service kind of just like a warner media um service with all the movies including things like hbo um as one mega streaming service that people could subscribe to I know that the uh,
1: the anime fans are worried about Crunchy Crunchyroll, which I didn't even know was owned through multiple levels of shell companies by uh, Warner, and uh, I think that's probably a bigger bigger audience. But people they're, they're pretty freaked out right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it. Well, when when the when the announcement came around, okay, so like this did come as a surprise yesterday. Like it was shocking, and I remember like getting the email from Criterion saying you know some news about Filmstruck, and I was like, oh no! Like I <laughs> as soon as I saw that email alert i was like this is it this is it's done like the whole time you know the the entire life of filmstruck i've always felt like oh man this is just it's just a matter of time before something like this like it's too good of a thing to last forever (laughs) like it's it's but you know i i kind of knew that it was going to be like a too niche of a of a service that might not last and i was just kind of waiting for this ball to drop and um but when a few weeks ago when warner announced that there was plans for a massive uh streaming service it seemed like and even on some of the facebook groups that we're all a part of they were talking everyone started thinking well what does this mean for filmstruck and so but you know it still came as a shock to many yesterday
2: Yeah, I was pretty stunned myself. I I just opened up Twitter, you know, got to work, checked my messages, kind of have my little lurking thing in the background there and I saw this this storm of tweets about Filmstruck shutting down and it was just Re- to me, I, I I guess I really retain this naive trust that there are good things in this world and, and bargains that are, you know, kind of outsized and, and uh, better than what we might even deserve. But, uh, you know, part of the thing that really uh, frustrated and insulted me about the uh, statement. You already talked about the niche audience, but they also started by saying we're incredibly proud of the of the you know work that the FilmStruck team has done. But you know if they're really incredibly proud of it, they would find a way to preserve it because you know the loss here is that all that is going to be gone. You know there could be a new Criterion Channel. Uh, there will be a lot of you know excellent films i'm sure and whatever warner puts together for their you know netflix competitor or whatever it is they envision this service to be but there's a lot of unique and and really irreplaceable work that's just going to be basically flushed and you can't just recreate that uh <clears throat> you know filmstruck had a good brand going and they could have kept it alive for a few months and then woven it into whatever this new thing is going to be even as a as a tack on or as a you know sort of like the criterion channel is a couple bucks extra per month on top of the basic filmstruck subscription. Uh, they could have done something like that. so you know don't tell me how proud you are. don't tell me you know what a solid excellent job they've done if you're just going to basically trash it on a moment's notice.
0: Yeah, the th- all of the as i think you mentioned this on one of the comment threads Arik, that where we were talking about um you know the end of filmstruck but like the loss of the the material that they created for the channel the interviews and whatnot um that i think is going to be like a real i mean apart from you know it's going to be sad that we're not able to watch the movies that um you know, might not be available physically, you know, or some of the la- old Laserdisc titles and old Laserdisc commentaries, like those are all real treasures that, that were made available. But like all, I think all the interviews, like all the adventures and movie going, all the observations on film art essays, you know, the, the short uh, films paired with features and the double features, like all of that, those types of things. I feel like those, might not make it to whatever comes next um and you know right just the themed collections the artwork the little intros that they
2: did you know just just that whole sense of settling into this really wonderful library this collection and even a community that was building up around it I, i really feel like they've they've you know just earned a, a relentless stream of ill will you know and and uh and resentment and and that's basically my my whole attitude towards at&t and, and warner right now mm-hmm. um you know it's it's it, it really feels like a slap in the face and um i don't want to just shrug it off and say oh well you know i mean there's a certain inevitability to it all that you know we are kind of powerless to change that but uh i don't know if it, it it's uh fueling my cynicism i'll just say that
1: yeah absolutely and I, I think especially um you know it's funny when we had that did that podcast 2 years ago a lot of what we were talking about were the problems with Filmstruck as it started the website was pretty basic the app was very ba- maybe the app wasn't even out yet maybe it was but it was very basic um and they've just come such a crazy long way I mean, the the website has gotten better and better. The app has gotten better and better. The catalog has grown by leaps and bounds. I mean, re- fairly recently, they or somewhat recently, they added um, more of the American films that they were kind of avoiding at the beginning. But even ignoring that, which I think we will get in whatever TCM app there exists or whatever comes next, those I'm less worried about. Although uh, some people have pointed out that, that the vast majority of classic American films are now with AT&T, and we're not really sure how they're going to, um, view them or care about them, but I think to Ryan's point, the, the the loss of the programming, and David's point as well, the loss of the programming, the loss of the um, the thoughtfulness around the presentation, and then yeah, all those extras because the extras are gone, I would presume I don't think we'll see, maybe the Criterion ones if some of those things come to disc but, the and like the stuff that um, Tony and, and um, Taylor did uh, uh, I, I really want to be able to watch that somewhere maybe they'll get the rights to put that up, but the, um just the, the the thoughtfulness of those people and
0: that service. It was a
1: service designed for us, and it just we're not going to get that again anytime soon.
0: I the, yeah, earlier you mentioned uh, the American films. So like the TCM Select additions to FilmStruck was also kind of a big piece that was missing from the first year or so. And it was I think it might have been earlier this year when that all came. And then you know all the Golden Age of Hollywood stuff started appearing, stuff that was available through TCM. Um, on their, you know, like on the the TV channel and streaming through them, like the rights kind of merged with what was available uh, on Filmstruck. And so that felt like a big thing where a lot of people now suddenly um, probably signed up because of that over the past year, because of um, the addition of TCM, like with, you know, um, films like, you know, King Kong or Citizen Kane or whatever, like stuff that maybe Criterion didn't have the digital rights to and weren't there from the beginning, but came to it um, you know, within the past six months or a year.
1: Yeah. And of course, selfishly, as someone who owns basically the entire collection of released criterions, much like David, uh, I'm less concerned about the. I mean, that's really obviously upsetting for the world and everyone else. A, it doesn't affect me that much. And B, I believe that they will be back online somewhere shortly. But all this other stuff is, you know, and there was a lot of stuff on Filmstruck internationally as well that isn't on criterion and they don't have the rights to. And that I don't know what service they would be on. Maybe a Fandor or a movie sometimes, you know?
0: Yeah, the, I mean, there are other options out there that Criterion still sends their movies to things like Canopy. If you have a library, um, subscription, you can usually get Canopy is almost always going to be partnered with your local library. Not always though. And I mean, it just came to Portland recently, but they have a few Janus and Criterion films, but certainly not as much as what's available, uh, right now on filmstruck
2: yeah i'm not complaining i i have no shortage of or lack <laughs> of things to watch you know and, and and my niche within a niche which is you know the criterion collection and and uh, the the podcast that i do the chronological sequence and all of that you know i've gone through my list over the next several years and there's a few titles that um I i won't Cross them off my list, but I just may not do a podcast about them if they're not going to be available for you know people to check out alongside uh, the conversation there. Uh, but yeah, again, to me, I don't, I don't want to you know, just kind of keep hammering the same point, but I do feel like this is just kind of a uh, a cultural loss, and uh, I don't want to overstate it, especially in a day like today where another you know god-awful tragedy took place with a a mass shooting and you know there are certainly bigger problems in this world but you know there's just there's just kind of a a sense of uh cultural diminishment that that takes place not just for the film community but just the fact that you know corporations uh you know have have the power to to just kind of collapse something that's a that was a pretty neat, pretty beautiful little expression. Uh, I mean, there was a historical aspect to this. There was a, just of a, the diversity of of so many different talents, not only from you know the contemporary scene, but 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 great films from you know decades past, from all different parts of the world, and uh, making it accessible, making it uh, uh, you know something that. People, even if uh, they're getting in it because they want to see Singing in the Rain or, you know, King Kong or the Wizard of Oz or whatever, but, you know, know, branch out a little bit, take a chance, explore something new, and uh, have their horizons expanded, uh, all for a very affordable cost. It, It just feels like those avenues are being shut down or made you know very difficult to pursue unless you're already kind of a specialist and already have kind of you know determined that that's what you want to seek out however you can this really just made it nice and accessible and it's it's just really a shame that uh, that it, it can't be supported just because it's not making in you know an outrageous profit margin I, 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 you know who knows exactly if if I don't think film struck Really could have been losing money, but I don't know the expense of putting something like that together, but you know it's there i mean a t and t has all the money in the world, you know and i just i just uh really really regret that these uh you know these experiments are not allowed to really run their natural course uh this just feels like a very you know hasty bottom line decision. Uh, made by people who just really don't care about art and culture. Uh, they just see it as a, a movable product, and they just have to consolidate and clear the decks for whatever they have in mind next.
0: do do either of your subscriptions expire before the end of the of the end of November?
2: Oh, I got an email that said,, um, you know, I'm an annual subscriber, and and, and I think I probably would have um, finished my subscription sometime this month, but they just said, you'll have it until the 29th, so oh, okay. I might be technically getting a couple weeks free or something like that.
0: Mine ends on November 20th, and I've been worried, like, am I going to, are they going to just suddenly <laughs> cut me off on November 20th, even though there's still nine days left, and I haven't got an email yet, I think, saying whether or not. What's going to happen with mine? But I've, send uh, them a dollar <laughs> and sixty eight cents, and they will give you that extra week. <laughs> I know. Well, I think they, they've. I think people have said that they're not taking on new subscribers. No, they're, they're not. not. Yeah, yeah they you can't not, sign up right.
1: and the apps are not available for download. People on the forum are complaining about having bought Apple TVs and things like that for the service. Which
0: yeah, that's. I mean, that definitely I can see that that's going to be uh, a common complaint. Although, like you know, you can get you can do a lot more with the Apple TV than just watch FilmStruck. And uh, agreed, agreed. <laughs> Um. uh i was trying to think of why this one hurts so much more than when they left um netflix or when they left uh you know maybe not left netflix is the right word but like when, when they pulled a lot of the movies from netflix that were available there that were being licensed by them or when they left hulu and it's like you know in both of those situations like they left netflix for hulu they left hulu for filmstruck there was like this other thing that we knew was in the works and here and it's typically
2: like, like a better thing yeah and, and a better thing but yeah, we were all excited thing. yeah yeah how do you make it better than filmstruck there, i mean there is no path forward that's obvious you know i mean like I say criterion's got a lot of great material they've got a you know recognized brand uh somebody will will you know pick them up i'm sure but Will they have if it's if it's a Fandor if it's a movie or something like that? Will they have the resources to put that whole library together? You know, it seems like quite a long shot.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they must have you know uh, had a lot of experience now over the past couple of years, or gained a lot of experience by by doing all of this work and doing all this curation and working with having both teams you know from on criterion side of things and on Turner side of things building this uh, website and all the curation that went into it um, so they th- that that uh, experience won't hopefully won't be lost but yeah like it, to go and create something new is gonna be such a hard uh thing to do i mean if criterion decides to make do it themselves and make their own channel somewhere you know whether it's like on amazon or partnering with someone else like that's just so much work that like all the the artwork and everything that went into it and it's just like starting over from scratch uh is going to be just a huge headache unless i mean unless ATT is is talking to them about becoming a part of the the new thing that happens you know maybe next year That's still, like, a big gap of of not being able to watch all this stuff and not having that revenue coming in from it. Well,
2: and also, how does Criterion feel about linking up with a huge corporation again? I mean, that's probably the biggest knock against, you know, a partnership with Amazon. You You just don't really know where you're going to fit into these, you know, mega corpse plans, you know, and I, I got to feel they, I got to think they, they feel quite burned by this whole situation. You know, they, they're a small budget, low, you know, not a family business, but almost, you know, pretty much. Uh, yeah, Right. And and they put out a very impressive product, but uh, you know, it's, it's really kind of a a labor of love, mom and pop shop in some ways. And uh, you know, they, they, they know how to connect with large, you know, uh, organizations. They did the Olympics. They, they did this thing with, you know, with Time Warner, TCM and all of that. But, uh, it, you know, you also end up kind of getting snake bit after a couple of these deals. And so, uh, you know, I hope they take their time and find a good deal, even if it means a little bit of a gap between, uh, you know, November 29th and whenever they get up and running again.
0: Yeah. I I definitely hope that it's, um, that they don't just kind of go with whoever, um, is like the first one to come along. I hope that they're, you know, that they, they think long and hard about who they decide mm-hmm. to partner with next just to mm-hmm. avoid this happening again in a couple of years. Like, um can they avoid it? I mean, what, what could they have done differently? You know? Yeah, you're you're totally right. Like, I mean, they Turner at the time seemed Seemed like like the perfect, exactly. It was like the perfect partnership. Like, you know, this company who had built TCM, this service that, you know, had this huge amount of, uh, love and, uh, respect amongst like the, the film community. And it seemed like they couldn't, this, this couldn't go wrong. Um, you know, while it, while it was owned by a big corporation that, you know, did, um, have the power to end it if it wasn't profitable, like the fact that we had two years now of it seemed like, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe it's a niche thing, but it seems like it's pretty popular and it's like, you know, does well, uh, with social media and marketing and everything. Like, Seems like they got a good thing going.
2: Do you think this is going to affect Criterion's physical media plans? I, I don't know if I'm just wishful thinking or speculating, but you know, there's a lot of titles that we've we've talked about over the years that you know, really wouldn't warrant a Blu-ray, you know, edition because of restoration costs or the titles are obscure, Um, you know, will the Eclipse series get a little boost if they want to put some of those films out there, or is the trend of, you know, physical media waning away just too, you know, too full of steam for Criterion to try to turn that around? I don't know, I'm just sort of thinking out loud here, I'd like to you know draw a conclusion that yeah they're going to maybe uh put more of this stuff out there on on disc even if it's in stripped down essential art house eclipse series types of editions yeah i i would love that i would love some of these you know old 1940s and 50s japanese films that you know are are just too sort of generic in a sense to you know get even a deluxe blu-ray set or or anything like that but just to have that you know tangibility and and put it on my shelf um would be a nice (laughs) relief to not have to rely on these streaming services to make this available for us
0: yeah i gotta think that this will definitely influence criterion's uh you know the initiative to ke- to keep these films available for people and if that means putting them on dvd i mean i guess if anyone is listening i would say just uh maybe don't do so many of the larger eclipse box sets like the 6 disc ones like mm-hmm, keep, mm-hmm. maybe do like the 4 discs ones I th- they just feel more affordable <laughs> um for people out there who are who are looking to get into some of these are uh more obscure titles i feel like that that those 6 disc or or more yeah. eclipse box mm-hmm. sets are kind of like priced a little bit too high even though you know it's it's still a, a bargain for what you're getting but like in in today's market of, of dvd releases they still seem kind of like they're they're pricing themselves into a position where they they might not get the right audience or you know get them into the hands mm-hmm. of the people who who should be watching them
2: yeah 70 80 bucks is a pretty you know daunting uh, suggested retail play, price even if you can cut it in half or you know, uh, bargain sales, flash sales, or whatever.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that we'll see any difference. I think it really depends probably on what they're going to do next. I mean, I think that they there was a lot of stuff on the uh, Filmstruck channel that I don't think was ever going to come to physical media, um, even in the Eclipse series. Uh, right, right. Uh, you know, I watched a phenomenal um, uh, uh, Clouseau film, is that his name? The Diabolique mm-hmm. director, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> called uh, The Murderer Lives at Twenty One. Have either of you seen mm-hmm. that one? Oh yeah, I have not. No, it's great. You should watch it before film yeah. goes away. But um, <laughs> I watched it this morning because I'm trying to watch through my watch list now. And uh, uh, you know, it, it, maybe there's a Cluzo uh, eclipse coming, but I sort I of think, doubt it.
2: I think that actually does have a Region B release. You might know that better yeah, than I do, Ryan. There is yeah. there is a Masters of Cinema release of it.
1: Uh, okay, well then maybe that one's a bad example, but still there are <laughs> many others that uh, that I don't see getting you know physical releases at least anytime soon. I mean Criterion only can put up out so much anyway, um, right? And they there's so much uh, NARSA, all
2: that. Yeah, the stuff the,
1: the Star- one you say. and I podcasted about the scandalous mm-hmm, adventures mm-hmm. of Bergman, yeah, like right. a great movie. I would love to own that on a disc. I will say that this has uh, uh, the, all of the you know um pretentious people in the various channels that we appreciate are are of course right this is why buying things on disc is better because no one no corporate merger no changing of anything only time and the ravages of decay can take these sweet movies away from you and if you back them up then not even that so um uh uh you know i do i i I, I'm just really curious to see what's going to happen next. And I, I don't know about y'all, but from the tone of the of the statement that Criterion put out, it sounded like they did
2: not get a lot of notice. Um, no, this felt like the rug being pulled out from under their feet. Yeah. Maybe... maybe a day or two, maybe not even that much. I mean, maybe they might have gotten, much. they might have seen the press release and said, "Wow, that's it." Uh, who knows if AT and had the courtesy to, uh, you know, kind of make some personal calls? You'd like to think they did, but <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, they made their decision. They acted boldly, and uh, that's what the uh, boards and investors seem to like. So, la di da, life goes
0: on. Indeed. Yeah the the discussion around physical media collecting versus digital stuff has definitely popped up a lot in the last day everyone talking about oh well if you if you collect discs then um you know you don't have anything to worry about but i i, I think that might be like um i think this still fills like a different need than that and also like it, Agreed. It's, you know you're 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 reaching an audience you're you know it's it's hard to tell that to people who are growing up uh completely digitally now with like you know only watching whatever's available on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon and, and you know maybe not even ever having a cable subscription and maybe not having any discs on their at their house at all um, right, their,
2: their their living space or just their lifestyle. I mean, and just the the sheer money involved. I mean, I've got this collecting gig that I'm doing, and the, my kids are all grown up, and I've got this little disposable income stream. So that's what I do. It's my little hobby. But you know, I still love the ability to say, "Hey, I want to check out this." you know 1930s uh you know english uh you know comedy or something like that i don't really feel the need to own that personally but the ability is to watch it or even to sample it you know watch 15 20 minutes of it just to sort of get a feel of the vibe of these films that's that's priceless it's it's a wonderful thing and and uh, why not make that resource available and so yeah it's 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 not all about having to have the tangible copy. I mean, the great films and the films that, uh, you know, can have some nice supplements and a attractive package and liner notes. And, you know, I'll always have my fetish for that kind of thing. But there's a lot of great movies that I don't need to have that full experience to say i'm I'm glad i can watch this i'm glad i can go back or even you know uh watch it on the go uh do some cross-referencing you want a little background for a film that you're studying and getting into so you want to be able to you know find a few bits uh, from some of its precursors or other films made around that time. I mean, all the stuff that feeds my my podcasting and and other people doing their own version of the same thing. It's just, you know, that that instant access uh, you know, even even putting it on my phone as I'm, you know, driving to work and just listening to the soundtrack without watching it or listening to, you know, the 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 you know, special features or commentary. Uh obviously, you know, you can't do that with a disc. I don't have a DVD deck in my <laughs> dashboard, you know, so, um, you know, there's just a lot of uh, versatility that, that a good streaming resource brings, even if you like to load your shelves and, and have the space to do that.
1: that agreed, of course, completely, and, and certainly, and also, if you want to kind of run through someone's filmography or, you know, all these kinds of things, I, obviously, I wasn't trying to take, and I know you don't think I was, but I was not right, trying right, to right. take anything away from that.
0: No, uh, I, I yeah. think that, that just, I think people... I think a lot of people online have, have been making that argument about like, Oh, you know, like if you, if you collect films, then they can't take them away from you. And I feel like, you know, it's just like a different kind of, or it's, you know, that's not like a, uh, it's less of a helpful discussion point, I guess. I don't know.
1: Uh, Agreed. By the Uh, way, I know that masters of cinema has a Blu-ray, but uh, it is not on their website.
0: So I I don't know why. Yeah. Um, There is a good list that Michael Hutchins has put together on his letterbox of films that are not available physically that, uh, Criterion has on Filmstruck right now that you should, if you, uh, want to try to watch anything that's, you know, that might be going away that you can't get a disc of, um, there's at least one film on here that I think does have a disc or actually a couple region B discs, but, um, I'll put a link in the show notes for where you can get this list and then kind of maybe add some of this stuff to your watch list. Um, Do you guys have a full watch list that you're going to have to try to marathon through over the next month? Not full, but I do have a watch list. I'm actually going to be
2: recording a few episodes for my podcast of films from 1971. You know, I'm in 1970 right now, but there's a few titles that will be uh, in the next season, so to speak, that... Will be disappearing, but I still want to cover them. So I've got a little bit of uh, you know arrangements being made right now. I'll probably re- release the films in their chronological sequence, and you know save them for next year whenever I get around to it. So uh, and I there yeah, there's a few other things I just want to sort of take in. So um, yeah, it's going to be a busy few weeks for sure.
1: I wanted to ask you, Ryan. The uh, there's some of their content is some of filmstruck's extras content is available on youtube it um, is and
0: but not all of it right not all of it and not all of it is like as long as what's available um i think on online like they they have a lot of very short clips but then they do yeah. have some of the full video essays um available uh on their youtube channel um i know like like one of the tony joe videos um, is available on their web, on, on YouTube, but not all of them. And um, just thinking about like, you know, <laughs> downloading stuff f- for like my own private archive. I've been like trying to figure out like what, a, what is like a, you know, not sleazy way of, of taking some of this stuff. Cause I don't want it to just disappear. Like, you know, I'm so right now my like greatest fears and i'm not going to be able to watch these you know observations on film art video essays uh once filmstruck goes away and i've even reached out to like you know Kristen thompson about whether or not these they have the rights to them and you know it's still kind of unknown at the time like or right now at least like who has the rights to these does criterion have the rights to them or is this something that's going to be ultimately like owned by warner media and like not you know, licensed onto whoever, uh, wants it, but hopefully Criterion has the rights to it and, um, they can put these up in full somewhere else, you know, wherever they go next. But yeah, I'm trying to like, I mean, I'm currently like debating whether or not to just like do screen recordings of some of them, uh, oh, just man. for my own personal use. But yeah. like the quality of that is pretty bad. And so I don't know if it would even be, uh, worth it, but we'll see.
1: Ugh, sad news. I do appreciate the two of you. Uh, As David said, there's some bigger stuff going on right now, and this has been a a very nice distraction from that, so I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, I appreciate the chance just to kind (laughs) of do a little bit of venting and... I'm getting myself all riled up right before bed. bed (laughs) (laughs) That's late uh, where you are. (laughs) But, you know, like I say, just just to process this out, it is is kind of a blow to the community, but it's not the end. And certainly, uh, you know, the great films uh, are still there. Uh, We may have to work a little harder to find them. We may have to you know wait and sigh until uh you know the suits get it together <laughs> like <laughs> the old days the nice things yeah just like As the it old ever days was. <laughs> yeah well that's true and and i yeah that is the thing i guess you know uh were we spoiled well you yeah, know if you want to call it that but it's just you know it's a possibility that's that's just the real you know bitter you know twist of it all it's like you know it's this was a possible thing this this was a uh a service that was a reality it was getting better it had a lot a lot a lot of upward potential i think it was even you know making inroads maybe to a, a larger audience that uh is beginning to you know to say hey there's a lot more great film and great art out there than just the latest stuff that's being uh you know promoted in the chains and and uh yeah, all of that. So it's, you know, I'm probably, you know, getting into repeating myself here, but I do appreciate like I say, the chance to air my thoughts out a little bit, connect with you guys again, and, uh, you know, just kind of see where things go from here.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks, guys, for, for uh, coming on to talk about this <laughs> stuff. I guess we can start wrapping it up, but we'll see. I guess, you know, we'll be back again once uh, something has been decided on by Criterion or, or whoever ends up... um you know, taking on this, this massive task of creating the world's best, uh, film streaming library, uh, and service. So, you know, ho- uh, hopefully it will be sooner rather than later, but, uh, we'll be back whenever, whenever that is decided.
1: That'll be a, a much more uh, fun podcast. Well, hopefully that'll be more fun. I guess it really depends on what the service is. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: A new round of speculation and wish listing and all of that. So, speaking of which, I guess we got our year-end episodes not too far down the road. So, I look forward to talking with you guys a little bit more as we, uh, you know, get that that uh, annual tradition underway in the weeks ahead.